next Tuesday night. We're back with another episode of Dynasty Theory. Three weeks in a row. Oh my goodness. Dan's eating something over there. Late night snack. Anyway, I'm John Bauer. Find me on Twitter at the Bauer Club. We got Dan Lamagna at FF Coach Dan. What's up, Dan? Hey, man, fueled up, fired up for the show tonight. Uh, trying to keep up with the latest NFL news as, uh, you know, our fantasy playoffs are heating up. The NFL playoffs are heating up. I need to know where Darius Leonard goes, hoping, uh, you know, my Cowboys don't let him go to the Eagles. Eagles. And then, you know, coming off a fun episode last week, JB, you know, we talked about that Steelers uptick we saw. And hopefully our listeners didn't give up a first for Austin Eckler and his 11 points. That's all, you know. Hey, remember, remember <laughs> what I said. And actually, it's funny because I don't want to get too hung up on it here, but it wasn't a trade I made. But I did see Austin Eckler go for, and I can't remember exactly which player it was, but it was a player in a second. And it was like around a first value, but not giving up the first. And it's kind of what I was getting to last week. But, you know, uh, Dan wasn't listening all too well. Your your wife must be a saint, Dan. I just must be an absolute saint. It's got to keep you, you on the toes to start the show, JB. But you're right. She is. She is. Of course. And we're also joined by Mitch Sorensen. He's all dressed up for us tonight. What's up, Mitch? I am. I had work meetings all day, so I had to dress nice, and I just got home, walked in the door. But it's going to snow here in Utah this week. You know, like we, got, we got a couple flakes this week. We got a, a few flakes here so in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I hate it. We got a few. Is, isn't it always snowing in Utah? Isn't it supposed, like, it's so, always cold? supposed to be the greatest snow on earth, but I prefer it to never snow. But that's all right. Okay. Okay. All right. Enough talk about the weather. We got mm-hmm. week 12 in the books, week 13 on the horizon. Uh, in most leagues, we have two weeks left for the regular season, making that final push. Hopefully, we're either locked up in the playoffs, preferably a first or second seed, and we get that first round by, or we're in the bottom of the basement. We're in the, the cellar of the league, and we're, we're putting ourselves in a nice situation to enter or really kickstart that rebuild. Uh, so week 12, we had some running back performances, not just this week, but we wanted to highlight a few guys that their price points have been changing a little bit. And I tasked you guys with not just discussing what they've done up to this point and what they can do for you throughout the remainder of the season, both regular and playoffs, but also their kind of outlook beyond 2023 and if we would feel confident investing in them not just for this season but also beyond but also putting that asterisk and uh i would say the the level of comfort that we're okay investing in them with keeping in mind they are running backs so every running back really most are fragile. So keeping that in mind with the additional context here. But first up, I just want to talk about Kyron Williams. You know, he uh one of our patrons said, you know, Kyron's kind of the butt of the joke and in, in the Discord at times because that slow 40 time. And I think I got some extra heat because I said, and we were throwing and you Mitch, you were throwing in old receipts too. We were kind of saying showing our pre combine takes and you beat me by a month or two. And you let me know that sure did. Sure did. And we were talking about Kyron Williams being our running back two coming out as a rookie, but then he finished with a four, six, five 40. 
And that was brutal. And we had an adjustment, and then he goes in the fifth round of the NFL draft. So obviously some things along the way that really impacted his value, bringing him down from that running back two that we had talked about pre-combine. But anyway, that's enough talking about our uh, pre-combine takes. We're sitting here November 28th, 2023. Dan, how do you feel about Kyron Williams? What have you seen? What have you liked? What do you dislike? What questions do you have, and where are we investing in them? Yeah. Hey, JB, I, I think it's good you brought up the pre-combine because the one thing we all agreed on was he's a good running back. Like, we liked the film, right? We were all high on him, and then there were some intangibles that turned us away. But then the Rams have proven us wrong this year and said, hey, we're using this guy. He could do everything we saw in film. We believed in him. Give him the opportunity, and he has seized the moment. And he is getting volume that we love. He's getting the pass game work. He's getting the red zone work. He's getting all the touches. Like, it, it is beautiful. Now we just hope he, they, we keep him healthy. But I'm thinking he could be their guy in the foreseeable future. Like, anyone who's doing that much for their team this year, like, I don't think the Rams are saying, hey, we're just going to go in a different direction next year. Like, I think Kyron's going to be their guy. So I think it's just a matter of him holding up. I think you always want to have his handcuff if he's on your roster because at that much volume, you know, we do where he gets dinged up and he did there for a little while, but I love him, man. I uh, liked him pre-injury. I think we all talked about getting some shares here and there and he comes back and he falls right back into that workload. You know, it's just, hopefully the Rams are good for, you know, next year. Yeah. I mean, but even though the Rams aren't that great, he's still producing. Mitch, how do you feel here about Kyron? I love him. Like, just knowing Stafford's going to come back next year. Stafford already talked about coming back. I think McVay's going to be back, especially with how this team's kind of done over the last few weeks. Um, if I could have Matthew Stafford's running back, who's going to get 60, 70% of touches, I really don't care what the guy's name is. I want that running back. And right now, Kyron's going to be with the Rams for at least two to three more years. So as of right now, yeah, I really like him moving forward. The hard thing is, is they can replace him with just about anybody at any point and so it's a really fragile piece to buy into but at least you can know that if you get it buy into him right now he's going to give you everything you need for the playoffs and then you just have to hope to dodge every bullet in the offseason you know some players end up doing that they end up being okay going in kind of like uh Ramondre Stevenson this past year to where Zeke was the only competition but then other backs get real competition brought in and it completely nukes their trade value. So for me, I'm more than happy to buy in just because I do want to have a piece of this Rams rushing attack moving forward with Stafford. But you just have to understand how like the bottom could fall out at any second on it. And that's kind of the dangerous part, especially for this first conversation we're having tonight with the running backs. We'll be discussing outside realistically outside of Bijan, even though Arthur Smith is trying to ruin that for us, Christian McCaffrey, Jameer Gibbs, him and David Montgomery, a fantastic one, two punch Jonathan Taylor. When he's healthy, we do got to get to the Jonathan Taylor here. I wanted to start the show off and I jumped the yeah. gun on that. <laughs> uh, Brees Hall, uh, you know, uh, ETN, even though now Dearness Johnson's getting in the mix and that is just another wrench that we weren't anticipating. Uh, you know, Josh Jacobs, a workhorse running back, Saquon Barkley when he's healthy. Kyron Williams right now is trading at running back 11 for dynasty purposes. But honestly, outside of the top eight, nine, like (laughs) A-Chan, 
He's not going to be a bell cow, but he's so explosive. You throw him in that top nine for me, at least. And outside of that, you can make an argument over Kenneth Walker, DeAndre Swift, Austin Eckler, Tony Pollard, Stevenson, James Cook, Rashad White, uh, Javante. Any you can make an argument for that. And at this point, and we talked about it last week with the whole Austin Eckler, the great debate of November twenty three, and it's it's such a fragile position that we really do need to take a look at it with more of a redraft lens, if you will. I want to throw a few things out here with Kyron Williams, and then Dan, I'm going to let you know why I asked you that question in our. DM earlier today, man, throwing out actual football terms like I know what I'm talking about. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. In week 12, coming back from the injury, he had 50% of the running back rushing attempts against the Cardinals. 50%, not exactly ideal, but luckily they were able to exploit that Cardinals defense, which he, you know, the last game he played Week six, they played Arizona there as well. And then they got Royce Freeman and some other guys in the mix as well. And they actually performed fairly well. And a point that Dan made earlier about if you have Kyron Williams looking to get the handcuffs on that team, the the Rams are kind of one of those unique situations where if their starter goes down, whoever it may be, you have plug and play options. Like whenever he went down initially, they picked up Royce Freeman and Daryl Henderson off the streets and both got work. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they're going to get an opportunity. So you're able to uh, get those handcuffed running backs on your roster at a very reasonable price. Week 12, 62% route participation that ranked 12th among all running backs. He eclipsed 70% in four of his last five games before injury. In week 12, 29% target share per route run. That is elite for a wide receiver. For a running back, it's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, he's a fifth-round running back. We talked about the slow 40 time. But in week 12, on one of his carries, he hit 20 point, uh, 20.11 miles per hour. That's pretty fast. Dan's like, yeah, I hit that on a on a, uh, an off day. But... Over 20 miles an hour for a slow running back like that, that's pretty impressive. If I just intervene on that. One more thing. And he's number five in yards after contact per attempt throughout 2023 at 3.61. So even though he's not necessarily known for being a speedster, he's been rather elusive and he's able to find, find holes through the defense. And yeah, two of those games were against Arizona, but he's still finding success against these other opponents as well. Good data drops, JB. And I just wanted to add to the speed uh, factor kind of that you put in there. I'm a true believer that like, not everybody could overcome it, but there are players, and, and it, it was a personal struggle for me, that are different from 40 speed and game speed. Like you could run by people and just – it is just different. Some people just run tight when you run a 40 and you just don't really beat that clock. But, man – Guilty. You saw it in Canton. We saw it in Canton, you know, we have to play that one for our listeners again down the road, but yeah, man. So Kyron's a running back to overcome it. He's just a very good football player. And I would rather than him than a lot of guys, or if I was in a startup draft, Hey, he may not be the most attractive pick. You know, you might be, you know, Oh, Javante Williams. Hey, let a couple guys go off the board and be very happy landing at a Kyron Williams. Now, this is why I asked that question earlier and I apologize, but I'm, I'm going to maybe read a little bit here. But throughout this season, 
And of course, he was on IR, so he missed four games. As the percent of zone scheme rushing attempts increases compared to gap, and that's why I asked you about that, Dan, his yards per carry and yards after contact per attempt and yards before contact per attempt have increased. So week one, 20% of Kyron Williams' carries were zone scheme. Week two, 7%. Week three, 20%. Week four, 28%. Week five, 50%. Week six, 60%. Week 12, 63%. Yards per attempt, 3.5, 3.7, 3.8, 4.1, 4.1. And then you see where Arizona comes in, 7.9 and 8.9. So, and what what is Mitch doing? Mitch is, he just booted himself. I don't know what he's doing here. Let's see here. Mitch, where'd you go, brother? Utah internet problems. It must be. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. He's back. StreamYard just died. Like, everything else was working okay, but for whatever reason, everything just went down. It was weird. He's blaming it on StreamYard, JB. I don't know. I think it's user error. Utah internet. Do I look Oh, you're, you're like freezing you're, up, man. Yeah, you're glitching. glitching. So, JB's looking smooth. Silk is smooth, man. You know, silk is smooth. Uh, yeah, the smooth words didn't quite come out, but <laughs> anyway. So yes, there is that asterisk with them playing the Arizona Cardinals in Week Six and Week Twelve, the last two games we saw from Kyron Williams. But it's interesting that the more zone rushing attempts in that zone scheme they run, it it allows Kyron Williams to be able to find the holes when available and, you know, not necessarily looking for that predetermined uh, hole, you know, so he's able to, to, to get that opportunity there. So Dan, do you, what are your thoughts on that from an actual football perspective, like the, the way he's excelling and, and finding more success with the higher percentage of zone scheme rushing attempts? Mitch, JB was a sicko in the data today. I could just tell, man. He's, he's breaking down like zone and gap schemes and asking me about it. And, you know, I, and I think your question, the DM was, you know, do the teams adjust based on the, you know, the defense and whatnot? And I think I told you, you know, not, they're not going to change their schemes. They might make some adjustments to their blocking schemes and whatnot. I think there's a lot more factors I'd be curious about, JB. You know, the health of the O line, you know, certain players developing. Sometimes it takes a little time to, you know, make some adjustments after a couple of games and you make that adjustments and you get things clicking and working, you're seeing Kyron Williams numbers go up and up and up. And I think as a whole this year, his ceiling's been very high. He had two games, you know, versus the Bengals and Eagles where they were a little bit lower, but they're potentially when the Bengals and Eagles are playing really good, they they're both capable of really stopping the run and are tough opponents. But Hey, even his floor was, you know, eight points. It didn't completely kill you on those weeks. So, so JB, I, th- I think there's a lot of variables there, but the, the Rams, Coach McVay is a very smart dude, man. And when he gets his guys, he knows how to, you know, get production out of them for fantasy football. All right, Mitch, I think we have you back here. Yes, sir. Let me throw a few Kyron Williams trades at you here. Okay. 12-team Superflex, start nine, full PPR. We have a Saquon Barkley for Kyron Williams. Is that as crazy as it sounds, though? It's I'm taking Saquon every day of the week, but... It's not as crazy as it sounds if you're a big can I don't know. I still can't do it. Yeah, I well, it's well, crazy. I, yeah, I'm not gonna do it. It's crazy. Now straight up, I I have Barkley ahead of yeah. Kyron by a, at least a full tier. Mm-hmm. But what really needs added to make that work for you? 
I'm trying to think of a reason why I would do it because I think even on a contender, I'm still okay putting Barkley in my lineup every single week and not having Kyron. So it would have to be because you're not doing it for next year because Saquon's going to be worth more next year. So it's it's going to have to be a good piece for me to do it. I mean, it's going to be we brought up T Higgins a lot, but it's going to have to be about that value for me. There's going to have to be a reason for me to move off Saquon to get someone like Kyron. But we know Kyron's going to be a Los Angeles Ram through at least the 2025 season. He will, but throughout the offseason, the second they draft or sign anybody, it's the old Carlos Hyde talk that we've talked about a lot. Like, if your value is going to drop because they signed someone like Carlos Hyde, you have too high of a value to begin with. And Kyron can easily be one of those guys. That's why I said, like, I like him, but it's just such an unstable floor for him. I think we'd have to take some legitimate draft capital pickup for the Rams to make me worry about Kyron or some free agent a lot better than a, a high type Mitch like I, I wouldn't panic too much but I still agree with you like Barkley you look at his stats this year I mean he's had some injuries he's had the DeVitos and he's really only had three low floor games Kyron had two so what you know I don't know if he missed three games because of injury if Barkley went anywhere else it would be a, a bonus for you right, but right. you would hope the Giants get a little better next year or I mean or Barkley's gone, right? And he goes, which would be a good thing, wrong. right? Right, JB? Wouldn't that be good? <laughs> I think it would be. I mean, the dude's a freak of a specimen. So I think if he got any better opportunity, he'd go up. So I think if you take, if you do make that trade now, you're doing it solely based on you think Kyron's a better chance to help you win a championship this year. But that's even risky. Kyron Williams or a playoff 24 first, 12 team super flex, full PPR. Mitch. Kyron. Agree. All right. So that that's Kyron Williams or Austin Eckler, Dan. <laughs> Kyron. I actually thought about it. I knew you were gonna go there. Eckler. It's falling off, Mitch. I warned JB last week. Eckler's sliding. We'll see. Just we'll just, see. We'll just give it away. We talked about the playoff buys. Just wait till you reap the benefits. The wall is uh, coming. He's gonna run through that wall. You've seen those workout videos during the off season. The legs You've are seen going. It? The legs All are right. going. Uh, there's a lot of like larger package deals. Here we go. Twelve team super flex start ten full PPR, then an extra half point for tight end premium. Jake Ferguson and a twenty four second or Kyron Williams, Mitch. Kyron. Kyron. All right. So it looks like kind of that late first value. Yeah. Because if that would end up, be, end up being a late 24 second with Jake Ferguson, you could argue in a, you know, 0.5 tight end premium, it's around a late first value. And I want to, I would want to be really solid that it's late first. If that had any chance of becoming a mid first because someone was a little overzealous with their roster, I'd be a little bit slower because there are, you know, I'm starting to develop that threshold of what rookies I want. And, you know, late first, Kyron, mid, we have a different conversation. Mitch, I feel like I'm yes, Bill sir. Murray and Groundhog Day. A little bit, a little bit. Wait, listen, saying, if be mindful. If, study the, the picture you're getting. Look at the roster and their points scored. You know, be sure is all I'm saying. I'm protecting, yes, I'm yes, protecting our yes, listeners, JB. Yes. If you are making a move to acquire any of, I mean, we can go back to the Eckler last week, which was not against my point, but an Eckler, Kamara, Joante, Kyron, uh, Montgomery. You you better feel good about that roster, and you better be in a good spot. And hopefully, you're at first or second seed there, heading into the playoffs. At least as things stand now, like it's not 
the the idea in most cases of a random first that's out the window unless you have a cluster of teams vying for that five and six seed and then it could be a seven eight or nine uh or 103 104 105 whatever but yes to to reiterate dan i completely agree all right before we get into the other two running backs oh my lord jonathan taylor he's gonna have some uh thumb surgery here right or did he have the surgery already? I don't even know. But he's out at least two weeks. I sounds he had like it the, today. They're hopeful he'll be back in a couple weeks. If the Colts go out and lose their next couple of games and they see they're out of it, is there really incentive for him to return earlier than than later or not at all? I don't know. So Dan Zach Moss. Would you move like a 24 second if you're looking for running back depth to acquire him? No, I'm just anti Zach. I, I, I can't get over the Zach Moss stigma for some reason. So a second's a little too rich for me. Third, Mitch, no problem. Well, you're not getting him for a third because like the, the people that have Zach Moss, if they're not contending, they got your. Yeah, I know. Cojones. I was just getting, I was trying to keep it PG 13. <laughs> that is PG. No, no, well, PG 13. Uh, but they got you in a vice grip, right? And yeah, if, if you want to pay up, come get your points because you had Jonathan Taylor. Now you might need a running back to plug and play. Um, Mitch, gun to head. Do you move that second? Yeah. I mean, and I hate Zach Moss too. I hate him, but I do think he provides you enough upside for the next three weeks that it's probably worth it. <sighs> I'd be missing that second next year for a two-week rental. I have to be really desperate. I but again, I still, don't, I still well, don't know. It, it could stretch into three or four weeks. And they're hopeful true, true. that you know. Would you rather pay current market for like a? Uh, you know, it's tough because. Uh, let me see here. Let me get somebody. Yep. Dan, Keaton Mitchell or Zach Moss? Keaton Mitchell. So if Ooh. I get it, yeah. Like he was featured pretty nice last game, man. Yes, like they're, they're, they're really trying to involve him. He's got some flash. I'd want him on my roster next year. I can't confidently say I'd want Zach Moss on my roster next year. Like I don't mind him if he's on my bench, but to give a second round pick, I, I would rather shop around and get a get some value. Okay. All right. That, that's really all there is to say about, uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor, Dan, you actually, and I didn't see the trade. Maybe I am in the league. I don't know. You said you acquired Jonathan Taylor just before the show. Mm-hmm. What did that look like? It did. I have, I have a roster. And what are the league settings? It was beautiful. Yeah. It's a 14 team dynasty PPR there, tight end premium. So it's a deeper league. Um, I, I de- I'm recognizing my teams that, you know, are contending versus need to be blown up. This one needs to be blown up. I'd rather get a jump start now than waiting for the offseason. Team that's contending, trying to make a run. I gave up Ramondre Stevenson, Nico Collins, 30-year-old Brandon Cooks, injured Deontay Foreman, and my boy Pop Douglas. And I got Jonathan Taylor, who I'd rather next year than Ramondre, even though I love Ramondre. I got Drake London, so I won't miss Nico, even though close i got trey lance for kicks give me my dak handcuff and then i got two 25 thirds and three 25 fourths so i my got like heart, 
five future picks and two studs for two studs and a couple bets. My heart stopped because I thought that whole package was just going to be for Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what your definition of an injury discount is, <laughs> but it's not. So Jonathan Taylor and Drake London, forget about the rest for Ramondre Stevenson, Nico Collins and some bets and Demario Douglas. Yeah. Yeah. Sign me up. Yep. So I, I mean, Drake London, his, his metrics with Desmond Ritter this year, like he is hyper-focused on getting Drake London the ball. Unfortunately for Kyle Pitts, it hasn't worked out the same for him, but there is a difference between, which is crazy to think about because we've seen how poorly Desmond Ritter has played, but there is a difference between Des, or, uh, Drake London with Desmond Ritter and Drake London with Taylor Heineke, who has been a little bit more, uh, I think, willing to spread the ball out and hasn't been funneling those targets to Drake London. So uh, not to say Desmond Ritter's the quarterback in 2024, especially after, uh, you know, was it last week that he he wasn't great? Well, I like it'll be like Carson Wentz yeah. or something. So who knows? But I'm, I'm betting on talent and hoping for a better quarterback. All right, Greg says Trey Lance. Is he still in the league? <laughs> this is me being a Cowboys homer. No, no, no faith whatsoever. I mean, he has to be seen though still as one of the highest upside backups. My thought is the Cowboys I, could be, if they're truly invested in Lance, could say goodbye to Cooper Rush. I don't know if they will or will not. But if well, they, that if they did, and Lance is another day. If if Lance is the Cowboys backup, ah, oh, cool, you know. Uh, well, I think next week we need to have a full-blown episode <laughs> on Cooper Rush or Trey it's a, Lance. It's some sicko thinking there going deep into these trades, you know? Uh, we need to bring back what's the Pine Richland kid? Danucci. Ben Danucci. I like right that. here from Pittsburgh. Played well in the XFL for my dynasty. Or DFS, sorry. DFS, XFL. The XFL dynasty. <laughs> okay. Next up, running back, Isaiah Pacheco. Mitch, I want your thoughts here. He runs stupid. There you go. No, like, but it's it so honestly, fun, Mitch. It bothers so me fun. watching the Chiefs game because he runs so dumb. Like, and everyone knows what I'm talking about. You don't I, need to explain it. Like, he runs stupid. It, it's really, really weird. But I will say, I think for this year, I think he's a really good get on contenders. And it's because the Chiefs really aren't passing at that super high volume they were before. They're still top 10 in pass to run ratio, but they're not you know, top three and outpacing everybody else. They're pretty much just like a normal average team in the NFL when it comes to pass to run ratio at this point. And so Pacheco is their dude now because CEH is terrible. That McKinnon's not even getting that much play. And so Pacheco is the guy. The only problem that I run into is I don't see for one second Andy Reid going to the next season being like, this is the offense that I want to run. I think this is the offense that they figured out they have to run this year to compete. But I completely see him going back to super pass happy approach starting next year. And if that happens, don't know how much Pacheco is actually going to see on the field. So like comparing him to Kyron, I would much rather have Kyron, even if Isaiah is a little bit cheaper to get on teams. For me, the big thing, you know, really looking at what Isaiah Pacheco has done this year versus what he was doing last year and the price to acquire previously and were the were the Chiefs going to 
look to bolster their running back room and get something in addition to Pacheco, CEH, and the old Jarrett McKinnon, who I thought was going to have a much larger role in the passing game, and up to this point is not. Maybe they're saving him for the playoffs. Who knows? But the big issue was really Pacheco's involvement in the passing game because, you know, involvement in the passing game is very important to me, mm-hmm. especially when you look at rookies coming in. But 18 routes per game at 0.99 yards per route run in 2023 for Isaiah Pacheco. So 18 routes per game. Last year, he was at 8.65. So whether that is a combination of him being more comfortable in the offense, Jarrett McKinnon kind of dropping off, maybe pass protection coming into play, doubling his route participation and and seeing that uptick and even a little bit more efficient on a yards per route run basis. He was at 0.88 last year, 0.99, still not great, but it is something that's going to raise his floor. And I think over the last five weeks, he's averaging between it's like three and a half receptions per game. So if you're in full PPR, he's no longer necessarily that liability in the passing game. Uh, you know, he still tries to run through everybody. He, the way his legs hit the ground, it's like the ground owes him money. Like he runs so angry and it's fun. It is. It's fun to watch. And you talk about him kind of being a crazy runner in friends, the episode when Phoebe's running through the park Mm -hmm. and her Mm -hmm. arms are all flailing. Not that he does that with his arms, but he just runs like a maniac. Uh, It's super fun. My my boy and I were watching the games this weekend and you know, my 13 year old learning to, you know, football is like, Mm -hmm. yeah, look at him run. Like it is fun to watch. Then you watch him on the sidelines. I'm just like, I want whatever he's having. Like his energy level is off the charts, man. And I'm still proud of uh, I know I can't get this now. It's not that far off, but I, I remember trading uh, an old, outdated Miles Sanders. I just pulled up the trade and Jerry Judy about a quarter of the way through this season, and I got Pacheco and and, and J Mo and you know Sky Moore. Sky Moore is dead, but you know don't miss Judy. Definitely happy I get rid of Miles, and I've been enjoying mm-hmm. watching Pacheco. Um, you know, I think there's like I do believe he's their guy, so I'm confident in going forward. You know, you always just got to know under Coach Reed, they're always going to be pass first. They're going to forget the pe- the run game at, at certain points. You know, next year if they do uptick their receivers a little bit or, you know, there's certain things that could factor in. But he's good as long as he stays healthy. He's another guy that I would, you know, always want a Kansas City handcuff or something because he runs so violent that is a little more suspect to, to some injuries at some point. But definitely enjoying Pacheco. Think about some of these backfields that you could have put together – if you were in a startup this off season or you build your teams, let's say that the league's been existing for a few years and you build your teams a certain way, maybe you went out and got some veteran running backs at a discount. And, you know, Mitch, this is a conversation that we had in the discord with Kev, very brief conversation, but mm-hmm. you talking about, well, the right way to build dynasty rosters right. going wide receiver. But if you're sitting there today with, Think about their price point during the offseason. Alvin Kamara, Kyron Williams, David Montgomery, Brian Robinson, Isaiah Pacheco, Rashad White. That's a pretty sexy backfield considering, you know, all, all the fluctuations in their value and will they be replaced? I mean, heck, even after the season started, hey, Sean Tucker is going to be taking that job yeah. from Rashad White. And even though Rashad White isn't efficient, he's still a volume monster. And it's just so crazy to think about 
the you know the different teams and the builds that you could have if you would have focused on those low end lower valued running backs that could really be helping you right now especially if you went with like the Mitch approach and getting two high end quarterbacks if you if you got the uh the the anchor tight end if you got a Hawkinson a Kelsey so there's a a lot of fun ways to look at that from a running back perspective uh a few more things with Isaiah Pacheco then I'll throw some rapid fire at you guys He's dominating the running back carries between 80% and 90%. And with Kyron, we said he was 50% of the running back rushing market share in week 12 upon his return. So 80 to 90%, like that's what Joe Mixon is like hitting almost 100% every single week. Isaiah Pacheco is not far behind. So each of the last three weeks between 80, 90%, he rakes, he ranks seventh uh, you can tell I'm excited about this stat. Mm-hmm, so I'm getting mm-hmm. my words all jumbled. He ranks seventh in percentage of teams red zone rushing attempts at 60%. Last year, he was at 36%. Granted, there's still a high volume pass team overall, and they still like to do a lot of funky things in the red zone, especially when they get close to the goal line. But it is nice to see Pacheco being more involved uh, at least compared to his counterparts in this backfield. And to have that high of a percentage, we want volume in the passing game and we want volume around the goal line. And he's being, he's certainly getting a little bit more involved in both of those regards. So contract through 2025, you know, the way the running back position is, it's not crazy to think about the Rams and or the Chiefs sticking with Pacheco and Kyron Williams yeah. and investing elsewhere because they're both doing just fine. Mm-hmm. Completely agree, which is different than the next guy you're going to mention, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I know yeah, we yeah. haven't done the rapid fire yet, but there is like, I think there's definitely a tiered approach here. Yeah, uh, let's see. Pacheco, is his price point really is not far off from Kyron Williams. So we talk about Pacheco. Uh, oh, here's a here's what I would love. I, I have to believe the Pacheco manager was shedding points. Damien Harris, a 25 second and a 24 third for Pacheco. Done. Uh, oh, Najee Harris. Najee Harris, Gabriel Davis in a 24 second or Isaiah Pacheco. Pacheco. Yeah. Oh, no. Give me the package <sighs> there. Yeah, package is a little steep. Is this before Gabe steep. Davis. Najee Harris. Najee. Oh, dude. I'll take the I'm package okay with Pacheco to be honest. Dude, here's the thing. Like Gabe Davis, literally, I know I have more Gabe Davis than I think anybody in dynasty does. He gives you a zero or it's 20 or it's like six. There's no 14s or 15s <laughs> mixed in there. And I don't know, but maybe I'm probably wrong, but. I think there's a few pieces you could do something with that package, yeah. Mitch. Even if you're not really right. thrilled yeah. about the package, you know, you move the second or you move Najee and or Gabe and you yeah. make the trade oh, you're when right. you like. You're right. Maybe it's just all of these packages being delivered to the house for the holidays. There's, you got UPS, like FedEx, Amazon. I'm sticking with the package here. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco, this is a 12-team Superflex start nine, full PPR. Isaiah Pacheco or Will Levis and Marvin Mims? Pacheco. I forgot Marvin Mims is even in the league, to be honest with you. <laughs> I'll go with Pacheco. <laughs> I'm going with Levis. But really? I thought, I thought I was relatively no. high right now 
on Pacheco, but you two, man. Let me yeah, see. I, can't, I can't buy into Levis. I know his value is probably higher, but I just don't want any part of that. Yeah, I'm not there right now either. A-Chan or Pacheco and Dotson? Pacheco and Dotson. Yeah, smash. I, I have some feelings on A-Chan that we'll talk about going into the offseason. And I like Dotson still. Okay. All right. All right. Well, that was that was a quick rapid fire there. Again, it, it's always fun to have these conversations because I'm sitting here thinking I bump Pacheco up a tier. Maybe I'm a little bit too high. And then you two bring me back down to earth. Just like Dobbs was brought down to earth oh. last night on Monday night with four interceptions. And we're not even here to talk about him, but he's catching shade. All right. Mitch, your boy, yep. Devin Singletary, 26 years old. He's a free agent after this year. He's yep. producing price point a little bit lower. What are your thoughts on Singletary? I'm happy I have him on my teams. I'm very happy he moved off the bench spots and into some flex for this week. I'm not paying anything for him. I mean, if you could get him for a third, sure. Um, A very, very late second, I still probably wouldn't do it because like, he's getting work and he did produce for two weeks, but a lot of it's pretty hinged on him getting that passing work as well. And I'm just not sure how long that holds up. So, I mean, if you tell me he's going to get five or six catches every single week, then I'm like, yeah, of course, I'm going to go with Singletary. I just don't think that's going to hold up over, you know, a six, seven game sample. So for me, I'm happy to have him, but he's the one guy you have out of the list of three that I'm not going to trade for pretty much. And he is a, certainly a lower price point. It goes Kyron yeah. with Pacheco just a little bit below and then Devin Singletary floating down there, probably right around that late second value. We'll see him on the market right now. Isaiah, uh, Damian Pierce comes back, doesn't really take over the the role from Devin Singletary, but it, you know, Singletary had 30, 30 carries against the Bengals, found the end zone. Then he had the Cardinals defense, which we talked about with Kyron Williams and how uh, vulnerable they are against the run. And then the Jaguars, where it was a favorable game script with six receptions, and I say favorable for the passing attack where it seems like everybody did well tank Nico, except my van Dalton Schultz, man, that, that was heartbreaking. Uh, but Dan, do you kind of sit there, you know, is Devin Singletary really that far off from a Zach Moss? Should you be looking at them that differently? That's kind of where I was going. He's like a slight uptick to me above Zach Moss. I know Singletary's, you know, tops he's RB six over the last, four weeks, but I think that's, I mean, think how reluctant Houston was to go Singletary over Pierce. It took not only him tanking, but him tanking and getting injured. And then Singletary sees that sees the moment. I'd put him ahead of Moss because I think he's earned a more solidified role on this team. He had little moments in Buffalo. I think he'll be part of the Houston backfield next year, but maybe more to Mitch. If they, if they extend them, if they resign them, if they extend them and resign them, you know, but I, I think I mean, there's a good chance they will. I think Pierce is not working out in their zone scheme. And I just don't think he's going to be a fit. Um, but I, I think Singletary's to Mitch's point earlier of, Hey, if they draft someone, if they sign someone, Boom, Singletary falls like instantly. Yep. So uh, I just think Houston's just until they have a better option. For this year, though, I'd ride Singletary. I wouldn't be worried about Pierce this year. Yeah, I would say he is an uptick, a slight uptick over Zach Moss. Zach Moss, 
ideally packaging up something with a third or a pair of thirds to get him if you're looking to make that move. Devin Singletary, if I feel good, if I'm looking for uh, that one extra piece and you know, maybe I did just suffer a Dev or a Jonathan Taylor loss here, man. Uh, then my playoff, my late second, especially if I'm in that position to be the number one or two seed, I would feel more comfortable because I do think Devin Singletary has a better chance than Zach Moss of having a one B role somewhere else next year. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of see. And it's interesting because they're both coming from that Buffalo backfield. You know, and mm-hmm. uh, efficiency-wise, Devin Singletary, he's not doing as well as he was in Buffalo, but I think he got a little bit more involvement in the passing game, especially we saw in this last week against Jacksonville. And uh, st- uh, still a knock on him, I think he has three carries inside the five-yard line with zero touchdowns. I think he's three carries, negative four yards yep. inside the five. So he's still hurting you in that regard. He's not giving you the high-value touches that I previously talked about with uh, maybe an Isaiah Pacheco or certainly a Kyron Williams. So are, we're right around that late second value then, mm-hmm. right right around there. So in terms of the guys we're talking about, Kyron Williams, I think we all agree, feel most comfortable with him beyond 23. And we talked about him in that late first price point, very late first, ideally. Um, in 12-team Superflex tight end premium leagues. Then we go to Isaiah Pacheco, in the early second-ish. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I was waiting for Dan to react. I, oh, you know, my bad. Who knows Sorry. what he's doing. Over I'll there. shut up. Sorry, trade went through my league. I got a little distracted. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm with you, though, JB. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you are. And then we go Devin Singletary and then Zach Moss. And I, you know, I think that's pretty... I don't want to say consensus, but I think a lot of people would feel comfortable until we start getting comments. You guys couldn't be more wrong about this. And then well, we'll have a discussion then. Uh, we'll be quick with this one here. Uh, I wanted to talk about some underperforming or injured rookie running backs, tight ends, if they're worth investing in at a discounted price, because for one reason or another, their prices certainly have dropped from where they were going in rookie drafts. And most of them, I think it's, you can justify it. But Kendra Miller, if would you spend a late second to acquire Kendra Miller? No. Nope. Would you spend a late second to acquire Tank Bigsby? No. Heck no. He's toast. <laughs> would you move A.J. Dillon for Tank or Kendra? No. No. I'd no. much rather have A.J. Dillon. Would you move Romeo Dobbs for Kendra Miller? No. I might. Would you move Demario Douglas for Kendra Miller? Nope. Not my boy Pop. Two PPR for tight end. Would you move Darren Waller for Kendra Miller? No. no. You need a quarterback badly. Besides that, you are in great shape. Would you move Kendra Miller for Tommy DeVito? In a 12-team Superflex? <laughs> At this point in the season, no, because I don't want... I'm not starting him. You know, like... Well, he's saying you I'm, need him badly, Mitch. Does that mean, like, you, you need him to win? Like, you're a contending team? If, or? if I need him to win, I'm not winning. So, in my opinion, I would rather just put someone in the flex spot. So, no, I would... As much as I'm down on Kendra Miller, I can't do that. 
that that's kind of where we are though <laughs> it's not gonna happen then. would you move kendra miller for desmond ritter yeah yeah what if you were relying on i want to stick with the the devito what if you were relying on josh dobbs he has a buy now he's he potentially let's say he gets benched and you had joe burrow and you had I think I have a league like this. (laughs) (laughs) I got a team. You you had a Mac Jones, but somehow, like, listen, I want you to tell me you're taking DeVito. I'm trying to find the perfect situation. If I've traded all my picks and I'm in that position and I'm fighting for the sixth seed and I just want to hope for money, then yes, I could actually see that happening. I could lose Kendra Miller to be in the playoffs with DeVito. Goodbye, Kendra. I, I said on on the game day chat, Indagana Davido, baby. Oh boy, <laughs> too much time in the sheets today. I know, I know. You look at those two guys though, from a comp perspective, and what they've done up to this point, from their production and their efficiency, and their draft capital. Ty Davis Price, Trey Sermon, Darrington Evans. Keyshawn Vaughn from a ceiling perspective, Kyron Williams. <laughs> well, no, I mean, he was a f- fifth round rookie, and Kyron actually had. Uh, I-, I was looking, let's see, Kyron. I mean, even Kyron was more involved his rookie season, and he only played. 10 games total and the the like he's outperformed tank on a, a per opportunity basis but uh damien harris he was injured his rookie year only played two games at four carries maybe that could be a scenario daryl henderson really wasn't used his rookie year and then provided something. Mm-hmm. Ronald Jones wasn't used his rookie year, provided something. See, my, so maybe sorry. there's a glimmer of hope. There is, but for every one of those, you could go get those guys anytime you want. So there's really no reason to have a late second value on Kendra Miller or whatever value you want to put on him because every single backfield in the NFL has a Kendra Miller type that can pop if the situation arises, in my opinion. I'd rather draft another one this year. Exactly. Yeah. Now, here's the thing we have to look at, too. You know, Alvin Kamara is still playing relatively well. Mm-hmm. And I know they could move on from him. Uh, I, I don't know that that's a certainty that a lot of people were expecting. I don't know if it's to that level of certainty that they move on from him. Yeah. I. I so... Now they brought in Jamal Williams, who's been terrible when he's been available. And Kendra Miller hasn't been able to necessarily get work over him. When Alvin Kamara was out the first three weeks, he wasn't really giving you much. I know Kendra Miller, he's been a little banged up. So, you know, maybe he gets the benefit of the doubt. But Tank Bigsby, he was supposed to take over the passing down work off of Travis Etienne, was he not? Four targets this season, (laughs) 36 carries, 2.4 yards per carry. I loved Tank Bigsby coming in. Mm -hmm. I did. I had that mid-second round value on him. I was going out to acquire. If I could cash out on Tank, I'm out. Kendra, still probably out, but I 
especially those price points, the 24 second AJ Dillon, Dobbs, Douglas, Waller, maybe not DeVito, but I was trying to get you guys to say it. So I, 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 I don't know that we should really be looking at these guys. And then Travis Etienne, he's, he's not going anywhere. Probably. Uh, if Alvin Kamara doesn't go anywhere, even if Alvin Kamara does go somewhere, we have so many free agent running backs that are going to be on the carousel next year. Saints will probably land somebody. If not, they'll bring somebody in in the draft that is going to be decent enough to cannibalize the work that Kendra Miller could potentially get. So, and like Mitch said, why invest a second now on Kendra Miller when, let's say, he we see Mike an opportunity, and then you spend a second plus to get him. Yeah, exactly. That yeah. value ain't going up all that much. There are a lot of situations where you sit there and we talk about opportunity cost, and we were talking about in the Discord with the rookie drafts. And if you took a Mingo, you took a Quentin Johnston, took a Tank Bigsby, a Kendra Miller, what you were passing up on. At this point, if you go, if you don't invest in Kendra Miller, you're not going to be sitting here kicking yourself in a year or two thinking, oh, I ruined my my franchise, my dynasty roster because it's I didn't. over. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anything else on Tank or Kendra? Really, this is just like kind of an, an unnecessary beat down on both. A little bit. I, I would just say you could still stash Kendry. There's some variables there that maybe he could turn some things around. I think Tank's true NFL bust. I'm, I, I'm, I'm cutting him. If I can't trade him, I, I'm probably cutting him. If Cut him. If there's I someone, like if there's someone better on that waiver wire, Kendra is gone. Would you, Tank? Tank is gone. Yeah, sorry, Tank's gone. Would so you, you, you would DeVito. you would trade Tank for Tommy DeVito? I have no interest in. I'm no because what am I going to do with Tommy DeVito next year? <laughs> there's nothing there. But if you give me a fourth, he's yours. Give me a fourth yeah. rounder. Tank's gone. I'll take I just want somebody. Wait, did you hear that, Mitch? Dan just said he would trade Tank Dell for a fourth. I heard Bigsby, that. Bigsby. <laughs> don't, don't, where's the challenge flag? All right. Now a few rookie tight ends. Michael Mayer, Luke Musgrave, and then Luke Shoemaker. Where are we on those three? Let's run through it fairly, fairly quickly. Mitch? I'm willing to buy in on all three of those because it's just the tight end thing, right? We don't expect a lot from rookies when they hit like Laporta has this year. We're extremely excited, but I really have very little faith in rookies for their first year. So I'm willing to buy in on all of these guys, but less so Dude. on Shoemaker just because I think Ferguson is the dude for the Cowboys. But, you know, I'm willing, whatever, what's he worth now? A fourth. I don't even know how low his value is, but sure, I'll throw something like that out for him. Yeah, I think you buy all three just at different prices to what Mitch said. Uh, Michael Mayer, you know, I think he needs a quarterback and an offensive coordinator, but I've been on talent. I like him. He's, he's flashed a little bit as we went. Hopefully the Raiders could figure some things out. Love Luke Musgrave. He's just had some injury problems, unfortunately, but when he's been healthy, he's been a big part of their offense and he's their guy going forward. Schoonmaker there, he, he's got a Ferguson problem. Uh, there's no doubt about it, but he's their tight end too. He's involved in some packages. They'll throw him here and there in the red zone. Ferguson went down. I'm telling you, he'd be a start for the week. Like, he he would produce. So, I think he's a good handcuff backup guy to have on your roster. All right, I want to uh, throw a few numbers out here. So, Michael Mayer, 1.12 yards per route run. Luke Musgrave, 1.27. He's on IR. He's got the stomach thing that popped up all of a sudden. It was like, boom, he's in the hospital 
boom, he's on IR. It's like, what is going on? And then Schoonmaker at 0.64 yards per route run. Now, none of these are fantastic by any stretch of the imagination, but I went back through 2016 looking at different rookies and their production. And some guys, it's kind of the survivorship bias, but some guys that have produced despite eh, fairly forgetful, we'll say, rookie seasons. Last year, Kate Otten and Trey McBride were at 0.84 yards per route run. All right, 0.84. Pat Fryermuth, 1.26 his rookie season. Cole Komet, 0.94. Hawk was only at 1.28, pretty much identical to Luke Musgrave. Dalton Schultz, 101. Everett, 125. Tyler Higby, an astonishing 0.45 in 2016. And it took him a few years. So I, I don't think, like I said, it's necessarily a death sentence. Luke Musgrave, I am interested in acquiring him, especially if I'm not contending. And I think there's going to be some price points. So all I'm saying is go sniff around. And it, it could be a little challenging because if a contender has him, they're not necessarily contending because of Luke Musgrave. So losing him isn't necessarily the the end all to the season. But I think that you could look at something involving a, a Jake Ferguson and get a Luke Musgrave plus. I think you could look at a Kate Otten maybe and do a Luke Musgrave and maybe you get a little something added on top. And, you know, so I, I think you should sniff around. And Michael Mayer, he started to come on a little bit, and then I talked about this in the Discord. Once Aiden O'Connell took over, I said, I, I think Devontae Adams is going to be uh, getting a ton of attention, obviously, from his rookie quarterback. And then when you have such a large portion of the pie being allocated to two players in Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers, mm -hmm. it's going to be really difficult for Michael Mayer to produce uh, even at a, a decent level. So Michael Mayer... Another situation, if people are just looking at his box scores and they see, oh, my God, what's he doing? I'm looking to acquire even more shares right now at that price point because I think he has shown enough as the season progressed. And at the beginning of the season, uh, pass blocking, run blocking, liability. But it seems like maybe he's improved enough to be able to see the field. Oh. Last, last thought on Schoonmaker, too. Uh, I'd give it a little bit of an Isaiah Likely comp for fantasy football. I could see that. Tight end's a very physical injury-riddled position. Look what we're seeing with Likely in the last, since Andrews went down. There's more trade activity. He's helping fantasy teams. If Ferg went down, even if it was for a few weeks, it would be Isaiah Likely. He'd get that same, you know, few targets, catches, touchdown. You'd want him. All right. Final segment. This is going to be quick. It's going to be a rapid fire. Uh -oh. All you are going to do, Dan, please pay attention. <laughs> you are going to say over or under not yes or no well, i don't know maybe Just, hold on you have not seen these i told people nope. in the page patreon to dm these to me we got some good ones and it could be anything football related so here we go over or under i want to start with mitch for all of them okay if there's a tie if you, there's a split mm -hmm. i'll provide the tiebreaker yeah all right mitch Deshaun Watson over under one and a half years as the starting quarterback in Cleveland, beginning with the kickoff of the 24 season over. Over. Over under 
two and a half more years from the start of the 24 season as their team's starting quarterback. Stafford. Under. Under. Russ. Under. Under. Levis. Under. Under. Love. Under. Over. Over. Gino. Under. Under. Sam Howe. Way under. Over. Under. Kenny Pickett. He's at two and a half, right? From the start of the 24 season. Under. Under. Daniel Jones. Over. Under. Under. Bryce Young. Over. Over. Over, under, passing touchdown. Passing touchdown totals next year. So think about (laughs) injuries. Will they be starting? So on and so forth. Let's start with Dan on all these. (laughs) Justin Fields, over, under, 15 and a half passing touchdowns in 2024. Over. Under. Uh, just over. Just over. Yeah, like by one. Let me let me tell. Kirk Cousins, 29 and a half. Over. Over. Aaron Rodgers, 26 and a half. Over. Over. Mitch? Over under five and a half first round wide receivers in the draft. Under. Push. There can't be five and a half. You can't <laughs> oh, one the, and oh, half. Was it a half? I didn't hear the half. That's where I stopped paying attention. JB warned me to pay attention. Five and a half under. Tank Dell must be going to turn the draft again. <laughs> I just heard five and I stopped listening. I'm not bad. I jumped. Mark again. this down November 28, 2023. There's going to be six. You're both wrong. Uh, Mitch, mm-hmm. over under 0.5 running backs first round. Oh, way under. <laughs> I know it can't be way under, but it's way under. It's not remotely close. Yeah, I'm under. Mitch, over under three and a half running backs on day two. Over. So, three and a half, you said? In rounds two and three, correct. Two and three? Over. Okay. Uh, Greg says over under good games from Kelsey rest of season when Taylor Swift is not in attendance over under 0.5 under I'll go over 0.5 I'll go over two and then this is an open ender I need a number from you guys it's an open-ended question Mitch, I want to start with you. Okay. And this is courtesy of Jake. Oh, great. How many times has Dan used the swearing emoji in the Dynasty Theory Discord since November 1st, 2023? So we have had every four weeks? Yes. Every single time an emoji has popped up. Four weeks, four... That means three different games. That's 12. 
different contests, <laughs> slates he's betting on. No, 16. I'm going with 226. Dan? 299. <laughs> 431. <laughs> and I, I, when he said that, there was no way. So I went and checked. 431. And that's just the little emoji with the angry face with the, yep. the yep. little that's bar awesome. over his mouth. That doesn't include uh, the frowny faces, the crying faces, the other types of angry faces. Uh, holler in the chat, fantasy effect team. He says 175. You are way short. Wow. We, way mean, we short. might need to contact Dynasty Theory HR for some anger management or something. Right. Some kind of some kind of wellness services. I, that's what fantasy uh, it's football not does. It's, it's, not, it's you know? not currently in the budget, so you got to stay <laughs> angry, my friend. Final thoughts. For the 226th time, week 12 is in our rearview mirror, week 13, right around the corner. Dan, what do you got for our listeners for final thoughts? Oh, that was a fun way to end, guys. But um, final thoughts. Like, this is a huge, huge dynasty football, fantasy football week for everyone listening. Really think about it. Like, I think it's more critical than anything the rest of the way. We got six teams on a bye. We got the Jonathan Taylor news. You got Olave potentially out with a concussion manage your butt off this week leagues that there is opportunity to trade I'm telling you whether you're a contender or pretender be active this week there's just so much more leverage and openings and teams that might do something between the buys and the injuries Mitch good luck all right. to all I'm just going to give you a player to trade away trade away HN just we'll go into it at some point but I was his biggest fan going in but with He's already a part-time back who can't stay healthy. Now is a great time to move him because he's not going to move any full, more full-time anytime in the future because he's just going to keep getting injured. So, Jamie, Jamie, And that will be the talking point throughout the offseason with his size. Now is a great time to move him at his value. I don't disagree, Mitch, but JB looks like he's ready to give it to you. I don't know why. Is that, am I reading you right or wrong, JB? He's got it's that like look. A, it's like I just saw a ghost. <laughs> thought halloween was over oh my goodness <laughs> uh yeah I mean, we'll dig into that for for sure um and then you kind of talk about the discussion and the talking points over the off season mm. make sure you tune in the fantasy effect guys tomorrow night at nine o'clock eastern on the dynasty theory youtube channel they are breaking down some off-season value risers and jay says jb for our cover guy and this is before the game last mm -hmm. night let's get roshan johnson on the thumbnail. So that's going to be a fun show. I can't wait to listen. Um, those guys have been doing a great job Wednesday nights in uh, adding some more quality content to the Dynasty Theory family. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, I think we'll we'll be finding some more fun ways to, to wrap up every show. Maybe not an over-under, but something, something. Uh, as always, we're a proud member of the DLF family podcast, proud partner of dynastydaddy.com. Incredible resources on both accounts there. For Mitch Sorensen, Dan LaMagna, I'm John Bauer. We'll catch everybody next week. Good luck in week 13. <laughs>